Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 117 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about social media and the effect of it on running. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 117 hi lady and runners hey ryan how's it going (laughs) it's been a while that we've recorded a podcast i think it's been about a month has it yeah because we had to pre-record all of our episodes because we were going out of town and wanted to have all that taken care of. So it's kind of uh, different. I feel like I'm brand new at this, but we're not brand new. We're Ryan and Letty. We do a weekly marathon running podcast where we talk about all things running. So welcome if you're new and thank you for tuning back in if you have been listening for a bit. So what are you talking about with social media today? So basically, this episode I thought of because we live in Florida, and the biggest law firm in Florida and many others are filing a lawsuit on behalf of some plaintiffs across the country where they talk about the exploiting of young people for profit by Facebook and Instagram, negligent practices of failing to protect young people that are at risk, uh, suicide and other anxieties, disorders, etc. that young people are falling victims of because of social media. I see. So related to running, I guess. Are you doing both positives and negatives regarding running or just negatives or Yes, so I got together with uh, another another podcaster and we're talking about she actually is into mental health and she does that for a living, so we talked about pros and cons on of uh social media for runners and when I say that is because when I started really running and getting into it more I opened a separate account for just posting about running because I didn't want to bore my normal friends to death with it and I found a huge running community on Instagram and that community helped me a lot at the time staying motivated and tips and tricks and all that stuff so but obviously there's always a flip side to it so we're discussing both sides. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, social media stuff can encourage you to maybe go running and maybe go running somewhere new if you see something that looks fun or exciting. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you've got a spot that you really like and, and everyone then is now realizing that that spot's available and then your secret spot's no longer secret is a disadvantage. But 
I think that's what happened to Thailand, Brian, when Leonardo DiCaprio had that movie, The Beach, and then all of a sudden Thailand got an influx of travelers going to that area, Maya Bay, including myself, and now it's kind of, you know, I think they closed it down again and it's kind of gotten really trashed because everybody was going to it because they found it first on, on in the movie, I guess. Yeah, which isn't necessarily social media, but, but yeah, the same result. I think the competition too could go both ways. You know, it could be good. I, th- I think it's cool on Strava how you can get like ranked in a certain course or something. And then if you get faster, you can go up in rank and stuff. So it's a way to compete. But at the same time, it could be discouraging too. I agree. And I think it has a lot to do also with our age. Not that we want to date ourselves, but we grew up without social media in high school and college. And I think for that reason, we're not as, we're not as prone to having it really impact our lives. Whereas you can see how a lot of 12 year olds get social media accounts and they haven't really figured out how to navigate through life and whose voice matters and all that stuff. So I think they take it a lot more to heart than luckily we didn't, uh, you know, we, we lived without it and we can still very much live without it. We just choose to use it. But I think we, we're not as prone to the negative effect of it, uh, unlike kids that grow up with it. Maybe. I don't know if that's personality wise or like you say, if it's just different generational. You know, it's like the level of importance on it maybe is different to younger generations compared to ours. Yeah. We hold, maybe hold less importance to it. I don't know. Yep. All right, Grandpa, you ready to roll into this? Sure. <laughs> All right. Without any further ado, I am now playing my conversation with Sierra Carter. All right. So I'm here with Sierra Carter. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me again. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We have so many fun things to talk about. <laughs> so, Ciara, you've been on my podcast before, but for the people who haven't heard you yet, can you just do a quick introduction so people know who you are? Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Sierra Carter. I have a podcast, host a podcast, Run, Thrive, Survive. We really focus our efforts in um, helping them end the mental health epidemic that we're seeing through running, through physical fitness, becoming mentally and physically stronger. I'm also a behavior coach, um, working on becoming a behavior analyst, and I work with a lot of clients in both the areas of mental health coaching and fitness coaching. Wonderful. All right. So, and today we decided to do a podcast together to talk about social media and running. So we're going to particularly share our pros and cons and our views of how social media affects us as runners and what things are good about it and what things are not so good about it. So, okay. So one of my favorite pros about social media is it connects us in a way that we weren't able to connect before. And I don't say that as a, like without the social connection part. Cause like, obviously I still need to talk to human beings in person, but it's so cool. Like you and I connected on social media. I don't think I would have ever met you if it wasn't for social media. I found your account and like reached out. There's just so many instances like that where I feel like I have friends around the country that I haven't physically met, but like we know each other so well from social media. It's a cool connection. I mean, I guess we could have maybe met if we would have finished a race at the same time and given each other a high five, but you know, you wouldn't have 
specifically said, okay, I know what you do for your passion, what your favorite project is. You work on a podcast too. Let's connect and and build some sort of friendship slash, you know, professional relationship. So that's uh, something really cool that comes out of social media. Yeah, no. And I mean, like thinking about it too, it helps you figure out who, who is kind of like you and you can connect to them even on a deeper level with their like random likes that they like, like you love running, but you're also a lawyer, you know, like it just, you can connect with people too, that are on, maybe they don't like running, but they're in law. So, you know, there's just all these different things they can, that you may not have come up in a conversation. And I think that's the coolest thing where it's like, you make a name for yourself. Absolutely. And it's crazy to see how many followers people have that have cool, you know, Instagram accounts because they make cool videos and then they come up with content. And um, I guess that takes me to my uh, one of my pros, which is the motivation. So you can see someone doing really well, you know, getting up early and making the certain splits on their practice runs that you want to do, too. And instead of being in a negative headspace and letting that bring you down, which could be a con, you can use that to let yourself get there too and and have it be a big motivator. So motivation is another thing that I find is super important that comes from social media. Right. And it's in the storytelling. I think I was thinking about this the other day where, you know how sometimes when you're going through something and you, you feel this like loneliness, you feel alone, you don't feel like anybody understands you. There's always a way to kind of find somebody on social media and they're, they've gone through maybe a similar type of situation, maybe not exactly, but a similar situation. And it gives you hope. It gives you that motivation to kind of overcome. Even when you're, we're, we're runners, if we get an overuse injury, I guarantee you there's somebody that we follow that we just saw them overcoming some kind of injury, some kind of surgery. And we kind of look towards those posts, towards that story, towards that video as a way to overcome what we're going through, that motivation. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of like the misery loves company, but in a, <laughs> right? but in a good way, right? Because you're obviously trying to not feel worse about yourself, but better. So you see somebody yes. who's been through the same thing, somebody who's been, you know, struggling with plantar fasciitis as much as you have. And then you see them succeeding or yes. see little tricks or things that they do. And then you can try to do them for yourself. And um, maybe that can help you. Yeah, no, that's exactly, exactly it. And like, I think one thing I always like look for is people that are, I guess it's more mental struggles on my side where I'm, I've been knock on wood. Lucky I haven't had any physical problems, but like mentally, like I just moved, you know, all these different things have changed. Like my entire life changed within a few weeks. And to me, I was like looking for people that were over uh, overcoming big changes in their lives and still being motivated. And that's what I was searching for on social media. That's lovely. I like that. Another thing that I find is cool about social media for runners is the inspiration. So just talking about fashion, right? Because we all want to look cute when we run and you can see certain <laughs> outfits that people wear, or you can see people wear the, you know, the next alpha flies and hear what they say. And so you kind of, you know, cause running is just not running in a vacuum. There is more that comes with running. It's a, it's a whole lifestyle. It's a whole community. So it's kind of cool to see other inspirations, like I said, just such like fashion and other things that can also get you there. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, it's like, um, it's, it's like everyday mannequins, you know, they like will put clothes (laughs) on mannequins to advertise them. It's, 
are running. Everybody's an influencer running mannequin. And you're like, I like those shoes. I want those shoes. And the best thing is with social media, you can DM them and ask what shoes they have. And most likely they'll respond. So you have them right away and they can go order them or buy them in a store or whatever, where if you're in a store or you're on TV, you can't ask them, Oh, what were those called? You have to kind of do your own searching. Yeah, very true. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess the downside of that is, well, I guess it's not really a downside, but obviously you're not going to post a picture where you don't look good. Or if you're wearing a really old ruggedy shirt that you normally wouldn't wear, you probably wouldn't take a video and post that. So So true. (laughs) So that's kind of like the silver lining, you know, between it that maybe there could be a negative effect because people think, oh, everyone always dresses well, or everybody has a perfect running form. When in reality, we have to realize, obviously, we're not going to post something when we're not happy or when we're sad or when we don't feel like we look good or when we have a bad workout. Um, There's been, however, a lot of social media, I guess, influencers who have been posting bad runs just to have that full transparency or, you know, the pictures where the belly's sagging or there's the cellulite. So it's kind of cool to see that. I mean, that is the norm, but I also feel like we all should be smart enough to realize that obviously we're only going to post stuff where we look a little bit better. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think that is probably one of my biggest cons is when I'm happy, I'll be honest with you, I can see right through it where I'm like, oh, yeah, they have their bad days. They have their good days, but I'm happy they're having a good day, you know, like a good hair day. They posted the video. But, you know, when you're down, when you're maybe not in the best headspace yourself, maybe you had an awful run and you're, you're just devastated. You look to social media and you start to see these people all that, you know, all you see is their success, their awesome achievements that they're doing. And you start to feel worse about yourself. And it, for me, it usually seems to happen when I'm not in the best headspace. And I always think that's interesting where it's like, I'm always so happy for people. I love seeing achievements, but man, if you're down, social media can't kick you while you're down. Yes. And that's, and that's a difficult one. And I guess, you know, from a, from a lawyer's perspective, I know that there is a mass tort or like a lawsuit wanting to be started against Facebook because there was a whistleblower who said that Facebook knew that whatever they were allowing to post was creating anorexic or suicidal behaviors in teenagers. So, oh, wow. you know, it's it's a difficult thing because obviously when you know something's causing harm, it needs to stop. However, how much are we going to monitor something? And then also how much of a responsibility does the social media platform need? I mean, is they're going to have are they going to have to have people monitoring and policing everything that any person posts just, you know, in case there could be a negative effect or should we as friends or parents inform our children before we allow them to get a social media account that look, whatever you see on there is not going to be the way that the real world is people only post when they're happy. People only post when they feel good about themselves and keep that in mind when you're looking at stuff. So, you know, that's a, that's a really difficult thing to, to decide on. It is, but I guess you can also like argue we've always seen that too. I mean, was it the cigarette companies used to get in trouble that they were advertising to young, um, young kids, or was it the alcohol companies when it was on TV? I mean, that's been there for a really long time. I think it just got, 
it, it got more extreme when social media, like everyone's on their phone all day. So social media all day long really affects us more than I can turn off the TV and I head outside. Now I turn off the TV, I head outside and I still have my social media account with me in my pocket and hand at all times. So it, it is a weird balance that I think a lot of people are going to have to find, but I don't think it's anything extremely new. It's just on a new level. It's on a new level and a more extreme level, I think, because um, obviously with alcohol, it's a product. Cigarettes are a product. They have shown, you know, have been shown to cause cancer or whatever, liver diseases. But social media is just, I guess, a new form. I mean, it's part of our lives now. So, you know, it's it's I think it's kind of also America, right? Because what other country do find coffee cups from a fast food chain that says, caution contains hot beverage when someone orders a <laughs> coffee, right? Because you know, you're buying a hot coffee. However, they're forced to put that label on there. So I guess, I guess probably what we'll see is you open Facebook and then there's a warning label or a little, you know, screen that appears that says caution. Right. I right. guess like that you'll have to hit it every time. Like, you know, this could cause, you know, a list of a thousand things that you're going to have to accept the terms and agreement to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to do that every time you log on the Facebook, which I mean, could be an aversive way to like kind of mitigate the behavior of always checking Facebook or always check checking Instagram all day long. If I have to hit OK or, you know, I agree to these terms and conditions every single time, I'll probably get on it less because that's kind of annoying. <laughs> but hey if it if it protects our country i guess that's what we gotta do right, right? i think another thing that's kind of it's like con, i would say it's more on the con side of ins or instagram tiktok facebook youtube is people these influencers which i think it's cool if you can become an influencer but at the same time i think it's creating a very large epidemic of narcissism <laughs> because everybody is so into themselves. Like <laughs> all they do is think about themselves and you can start seeing it in relationships. And I, and I say this because I'm a binge watcher of um, love is blind. Was it the ultimatum? And I guess like married at first sight. And you can see it now where every single person is so into themselves. They can't even think about the other person in front of them. I think that's coming from social media. I think I think you're right. You know, social media and TV and and like you said, you know, the reality shows and all that stuff. I mean, I watched The Bachelor and then <laughs> I know that every single person on there all of a sudden is a social media influencer. And, you know, right. they don't really want to have a real job anymore. They just want to do that, which is great. But yeah, I mean, I think um, there's a little bit of narcissism coming from that and you know, I don't know, like, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to see that happening. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I think my favorite thing too, is people are starting to like, I, is it, I guess it's idealize people more than they should. Random people are off the streets are doing dumb things. Like, I think the funniest thing is I've heard from other podcasters is it only takes one dumb thing to really get you out there. Because that's oh, really yeah. all it does. Like, I know so many people, I know a few people, like I, there's this one girl, she was shown skydiving while eating pizza. I don't know if you've seen that video that went viral, but I know people, like I know the group she hangs out with and they all said, oh yeah, she got kicked out of all these different skydive zones 
or drop zones because she kept eating pizza in the air, but she's extremely famous now. (laughs) So it's like these weird things that are making people famous and we're starting to take random advice from them, which I think is like good and bad. (laughs) No, it's so true. I mean, I guess that's, you know, Earlier 2000s, that's how Paris Hilton did it with her, you know, famous tape and then Kim Kardashian. And now it's like literally every single dumb thing, but all power to them. Right. right. (laughs) But it is crazy to see how those people are able to to get this following. It's kind of weird to see how we have not we have nobody else to idolize than people that had sex tapes or eat pizza when skydiving. Like it's kind of sad that we're not idolizing people that really make a big difference in society. And instead we follow the Kardashians. No, no offense to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I think it's this one post one time it was, we were talking about, I I don't remember who they compared it to, but they're like, this is so-and-so they got famous because, you know, they ate pizza skydiving and they're like, and this is like Laura. She, she's almost found a cure to cancer and nobody knows who she is. And it's, it's so true. It's one of those things. I think the media is very into like, you know, doesn't matter what media outlet we're not being biased here, but it's like their biggest thing that a lot of newscasters used to say, or journalists would say is if it bleeds, it reads. So we search for those things that really catch people's attention that are odd, that are weird, that are out of the norm rather than the good news, because that's what our attention focuses on. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And uh, I guess partly very sad, but very real. Also, (laughs) Yeah. So, all right, let's um, I'm going to go back to another positive spin. I mean, I guess social media in that same sense, it does boost creativity. For example, if I see somebody doing something cool, maybe I'll try to do it, too. Maybe I'll try to do come up with something else. Maybe, you know, if somebody's doing a handstand on a hill after a run or like I've seen it before, people doing push ups at the finish line. I think that's very creative and it's very fun. So I think it can add that type of value to your life because you're thinking outside of the box a little bit because there's so many things on social media that are the same. So people are trying to come up with something different or even even your videos that are super funny that you post very frequently. And obviously, we're going to link your account in the in the notes here. But it's cool to see that type of stuff. And it makes you think about your own sense of creativity and what you want to do with your life to be creative. Oh, um, I think another thing about the, is the DIY. So the, what's really cool about the DIY, I mean, you can do it yourself. Like that's what DIY is. And it saves people probably a lot of money in fixing things around their home. Um, and just my favorite thing is the recipes where I struggle trying to find quick and easy recipes. And when I can't find those like quick, easy recipes, I choose not to eat. So it really helps. I can go online, find these quick recipes, maybe like pull something together and boom, I got it from social media. That's perfect. Recipes, information for, you know, what kind of cure you have for your little owies, you know, your, your plan of fasciitis, whatever you have, what are some hacks and little things that you can do? Um, I guess we could just in the alternative Google stuff, but I guess it's kind of more fun to just hop online and see um, what's on there. And and some of the time you're just scrolling through social media and you find stuff <laughs> you didn't even know you're missing. Right. Right. So actually like my f- other favorite one for like running is to find different stretches. 
where, you know, I'll do the same stretches over and over and over again. And I know different stretches, but when I see somebody else do it, it goes into that information sharing and motivation where it's like, Ooh, I want to try that. Or, Oh, I need that. Like, why didn't I think about that? It's almost like that mental clarity type of deal to help you remind you of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another plus I have for social media is that social media is really great for introverts. They're more able to watch stuff and participate without really putting themselves out there if they are behind their screens. So, I mean, I guess it's good and bad, right? Because on one hand, it doesn't force them to really seek it out in real life, meaning in person, but at least they have some sort of outlet, which is through social media. Right. And people even feel connected on social media. I mean, I still don't think it's the end all be all, but maybe I'm just kind of an extroverted person where I need to be around other people. But I mean, there's online communities. There's always somebody around. There's always somebody that can respond to you. So it does help that not that like reduce that face-to-face interaction that, you know, that social anxiety can really do you in for, and you can go online, you can talk to people and it disguises your identity to the point where you can interact and still be yourself. Yes. And that's beautiful just because it gives people that outlet or gives the the shy person who's struggling with something, gives them somebody to talk to. Um, However, on the flip side, obviously social media does trigger that social isolation and it's not going to help the introvert try to be more of an extrovert, not, not to say that they need to be, but obviously they're still going to have to step out of their house um, in real life. And so, you know, if, if it wasn't for social media, maybe they would have to do a little bit more of that. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. Yeah, no, I definitely would say social media, like we're, we're seeing a huge increase in loneliness and it's what's interesting about that increase in loneliness is nobody's actually ever really documented quote unquote loneliness in society. But since COVID, like, you know, that's what people are starting to report. Like I'm anxious, I'm depressed and I'm lonely. And we're seeing those numbers go up. And I really think that has a lot to do with people hiding behind their screens on their computers, people only being able to go to, you know, be on Zoom calls and people choosing not to go back into the office where, you know, without technology, without social media, we were forced to go into work, unfortunately, (laughs) and, you know, interact with people. We may not have enjoyed it, but at least you got some kind of human interaction. But I could literally sit at my desk all day long now, talk to people and never go see someone. And I would still feel just as lonely as if I didn't talk to anybody without my, you know, even if it was on Zoom. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of interesting because obviously in your profession, you see that a little bit more. So do you think oh. it's um, are these not to say that runners are that different, but I feel like with the running community, it should probably be reported to be the opposite. Right. Because running is kind of an individual sport, just because even if we run in groups, we still have to do our own work and we run at different paces. So I feel like running groups probably help you more than anything, but are you saying that because it's uh, something that you've noticed for runners or is it non-runners more? Yeah. So it's usually the non-runner clients that I have. Most of most runners I work with, they're all pretty like, even if they stay home all day, they have a running group or they have friends that run. 
And I think that's cool because it really does build a community where people can, you know, on social media, you can find running groups anywhere, everywhere and be connected to them because it's something that you love to do. And, you know, social anxiety most likely doesn't show up when you're sharing passions with somebody else. Where I do see a lot of the loneliness is in people that they work out and then like, I'll work out with them. Like we work out via Zoom or via FaceTime or whatever we want to call it, but they will still tell you that they're extremely lonely or they feel depressed and their anxiety is higher because they're sitting behind the computer screen all day. Cause that, that human connection is not there through the screen. So I do see that a lot more in clients that aren't runners, but still work out. So you can work out and still be lonely at the same time because you don't have some kind of connected group. And it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be working out. Like if you like to bake, go find the baking group, you know, or if you like to, um, I don't know, garden, I always use gardening, but like, there's like communities <laughs> that garden together. You know, there's so many different things that you could join and still connect with other people through things that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be through creepy things that you don't like to do or even work. You can connect outside of it. And I promise you social anxiety, I don't think exists when it's something that you love. Very, very true. And um, yeah, no, I'm glad you clarified that just because I've kind of experienced the opposite in my own life with running. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I live in a smaller town in Florida. There is a running group and I have a couple of friends that I always run with. Um, but I feel like the online community that I have, you know, from my running groups from beforehand, from Los Angeles, I have runners from all over the world. I almost feel like I could move somewhere new and still feel very connected and that the move wouldn't affect me as much because my core community is kind of, you know, a lot online. We see each other at major marathons a few times yeah. a year or running trips, things like that. And, you know, you always have those people. So it makes moving a lot easier. Yeah, no, I have to say that's that's definitely a, a pro. And I speak from experience. Like I just moved to Salt Lake City two, two and a half weeks ago. And um, yes, like I have people out here, but it's been nice. I, I haven't been able to make it to a running group. <laughs> Every time I try, something goes <laughs> wrong. But it's it's so cool because like I'll be running and I'll see other p- people running. You feel connected. I think it's cool on social media media, people have been checking up on me. They're like, oh, how's everything? How'd the move go? How's Salt Lake City? And these like different things. And it's like, wow, like I've never met this person. They live in, you know, Michigan or, you know, they live across the world, but you're connected and keeping up with them. So you don't feel as lonely when you move. It's, it's a really cool feeling. And it's really a game changer for people that have to, you know, move all the time. I know, kids in the military, when they move all the time, it really affected who they became because, you know, they were either super resilient at it or they never wanted to move again. And you see that a lot in the military and military families because they are uprooted like every one to two years, you're not making those close connections. Now you can make those close connections online. Yeah. And it also probably makes you want to travel later on a little bit more because you have these friends and no, it's, it's really beautiful. Also, with social media, how easy and instant the communication can be. Whereas before, back in the days, we would have to write letters and mail them or they'd have to do costly <laughs> so phone true. calls. And here now you have 
what's up so it doesn't matter in what country you live you can just pick up the phone and call you can do video chats and you probably if you have close friends i mean i i have close friendships abroad and i'm closer closer to them than to a lot of people here just because it's at my fingertips if i want to call my friend in london right now i'll call her and i will talk to yeah. her and it's it's just kind of beautiful yeah no i absolutely agree with you on that one I think um, one con, though, you know, how connected we are, this is great, is the stalking. And we've all seen those, the, the crazy videos and the stories of somebody, runners, runners, I need to shout out to you, posting all of our information and locations on social media. I have a rule where I don't post where I'm at at the time I'm, I'm at it. Most of the things that you'll ever see on my Instagram, I was at maybe yesterday or this morning, but I'm not posting it while I'm at that place because I don't want people to know where I am at all times, even though I post a lot about it. Um, runners are notoriously bad with this <laughs> because we, we post our runs to Strava and <laughs> you can see exactly our running route exactly where it starts, exactly where it ends, giving out all this information of your, your daily habit, uh, habitual running routes, where you live, you know, where you're most likely be and all these different things. And I always find that's so funny. Um, there was this one, I think it was, um, an Instagram post that I saw and it said, you know, for a society that, really loves murder and crime shows. We really give out a lot of information about ourselves. There used to be, I guess, what, what are they? Um, there used to be stories about people following home and figuring out families' routines by just looking at the back of their car and their bumper stickers. Now I'm just pretty much handing these crazy people my information about where I am, where I'm running, what I'm doing, at what time, and none of us are batting an eye. <laughs> No, you are so right. And this is so very true. Um, we all have to pay super good attention to that because obviously <laughs> we're not going to walk to the neighbor's house and start our watch there. Obviously, we're giving out right. the exact information of where we are. And um, so if you're listening and you're on Strava, go in there and check your privacy settings. Also, yeah. I know it's it. I mean, it happens to me all the time. I get a bunch of random followers. I have no idea who they are. And then I guess do I accept them because I want to be a nice runner and, and grow in the community, which I normally do. But then at the same time, you're right. This is my home and home address. And uh, so, I mean, I've set mine to where I have to approve the follower request, but at the same time, I don't even know if there's probably a quarter of the people on there that I haven't met in person. <laughs> right. And see, that's how I feel too, where I think, I don't know, I'd have to Check. I'd have to actually have somebody check where I tell people I have a Strava. You can follow me if you want, but I don't even think I allow my map to be available to anybody, to be honest with you. They could just see like how I ran, what the pace was and all the stats, but you're not going to figure out where I'm running. <laughs> so I know a lot of people have even commented to me and they're like, oh, you should open your maps. I'm like, no, no, you don't need to know where I'm running. <laughs> I'll just post <laughs> pictures. So, okay. So um, I'm going to go into my Strava and change it to that setting because I didn't know that was a possibility. Yeah. I think it, you have to change it to like only you, only you can see it. 
And I'm fine with that. Like you can see my stats. You just don't have to see where my map is. <laughs> see, but that's another thing. Um, talking about um, one more negative thing of social media. And I guess we're going to include Strava to this feeling bad. It's the whole feeling bad about yourself when you're not able to just look at someone else's run and think, okay, good for them. They're running great. And I can't run that fast yet. Maybe I will. Maybe I will never run that fast. But it's that whole feeling bad about yourself when you're not able to achieve that. And also, you know, not sticking with your training program, but rather trying to run faster just because you know it's going to be on social media. And I think that's why a lot of people don't take their easy runs easy because they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be posting these runs that are in the right. nine, 10 minute range. When in reality, that's what you should be doing 80% of your running at, right? Because you're only supposed to run fast for 20% of your whole training plan. Right. And then I think that's why we're seeing an increase in um, overuse injuries. I mean, I saw one post the other day, it was somebody, you know, I, I love social media, but at the same time, I hate it when I see these types of things where she had posted, oh, they told me that I wasn't going to PR if I ran every single day. I proved them wrong. I think that's great. But like at the end, if you started hurting yourself, like you got those overuse injuries, you re you started experiencing burnout to the point that you hate running because you're just trying to prove yourself to other people on social media. That is definitely a negative negative aspect <laughs> of having to post to post to social media all the time. Absolutely true. Yeah, and I just uh, while we were talking, hopped into Strava, and yes, there's a new feature on there which is your map visibility, and you can choose to completely hide your map. You can hide the start and endpoints, or you can hide the start and endpoints of a activity that happens at a specific address. So it's really kind of cool what they allow you to do, even with the free version. Yes. Yes. And people, I, I think <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about that here on the podcast because I don't think that's something most people know. I think they just think, oh, they just, you know, it is what it is. People will just see everything that I do. And I'm just like, no, no, no. My map visibility is off. Like I have, yeah. Hide your map from others completely. That's what I have mine on. Well, perfect. So that's cool. Yeah. No. Um. And the last one that I have as a con is another disclaimer worth it that nothing should be taking taken as reality because there's a lot of you know fake pictures, fake information, fake uh, news, all of that on there. But I guess that kind of goes into that big waiver that we've decided social media should have. Um, <laughs> where you just accept the terms and accept that not everything is the truth. I guess you know that's what society is going to get to eventually. Right. And I, oh gosh, we could, that one, we could dive in so deep of, you know, all these like random things that fly around the challenges, the rumors, the gossiping, the, you know, the misinformation, like everybody thinks they're a scientist, you know, all these different things <laughs> go into that. You just have to take it in onto yourself to really do your own research and understanding. And it even goes into running. Like don't take somebody else's training plan. If you don't think you can handle it, like you don't, there's not one training plan fits all type of deal for runners. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So cool. Well, I mean, I guess we've covered a lot, um, a lot of pros and cons bottom line, Social media can be great if you put some thought into it before you 
you know, either take everything for granted before you go in there and decide that this is a truth or before you go in there and do stuff. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Sierra, for coming on with me. And, um, you know, like I said, hopefully we'll get to meet each other in person in Chicago and uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. And I mean, for everybody listening, we might be doing something out in Chicago, too, with our podcast interviewing people. So maybe we should put a disclaimer to watch out for that and watch out for that announcement. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Thank you, Sierra, for coming on. I had a blast talking to you and I hope to see you in Chicago. And big question to you, Ryan, where is your stance? Where do you stand with social media? What do you use it for? And what do you suggest staying away from? I, I use it for seeing what potential opportunities there are. Like I like seeing what other people are doing and you know where they're going. It's just potential places I could go or see. And also I like it for... A little bit of the competition, I guess, to feel out where you're at in terms of your relation to others, like fitness or whatever, whatnot. I agree. I will keep using it, too. And then obviously, you know, we got to figure out how to navigate our next generation through it and just advise them to not take it too serious. And and if it's used for the right thing. You know, you just got to put some thought into it before you just start randomly using it. And, and don't use it too much because it takes away from FaceTime. It is true. It's it's almost like you're... It, it, and people on social media can, can hide behind it a bit. It's like being in a car in a way too. Like people in a cars can all of a sudden be more aggressive drivers and be mean to others. And, and same thing with the social media sometimes because you can kind of hide behind it a bit and maybe be strong, more strongly opinionated or, or be mean. And, and if you're face to face to someone, you might not be quite the same. All right. So with that said, you guys can find us <laughs> on Instagram at running podcast and our group on Facebook is called speed striders. We do post or we try to post regularly. You're welcome to join. And until next time. Do you want me to grab your walker grandma? <laughs> yes, let's stroll out to dinner. <laughs> Happy running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running. <laughs>